Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Our next guest's uncle played left-back in a World Cup final for the Netherlands, and he tried to bring 200 people from his hometown to an Albion game, but had to settle for 60. Jan-Paul van Hecker tells us about learning the game in Holland, learning the ropes at Blackburn Rovers, and fighting his way into the Albion starting eleven alongside Lewis Dunk. I bet in years to come, Christmases at the Van Hecks, comparing notes on two of the best forward players of their generations in Cruyff and Haaland. Must be must be good time to, to reminisce for, for their family over what's been achieved in football. I love the fact that his uncle uh, suggested that uh, he had Cruyff in his pocket once, but he was in Cruyff's pocket three times. I wonder, I'd like to see that video. I'd like to see the evidence when knew that he managed to subdue Johan Cruyff. Maybe he did. Good luck to him. Van Hecker managed to not subdue Erling Haaland in that, in that great game against Manchester City, but he certainly did a fine job on him and, and got very rave reviews for it. Yeah, he did indeed. And he has definitely got the footage to prove it. I also liked hearing what he had to say about that famous red card at Blackburn. That's uh, one of the best challenges I've ever seen, that one. Yes, you showed me that video. It, it was a Twickenham tackle, really, wasn't it? It was. There's no, no through way here. That was uh, definitely the, the, the message I got from that challenge. He's a tough player, isn't he? And, and, and he demonstrated that at Blackburn Rovers. And for him to be player of the season there while he was on loan showed that he took a lot of character into that stadium and into that team because you don't impress Blackburn fans, you know, if you're a, if you're a bit timid. No, without doubt. And I think, obviously, he spoke about the transition moving from from the Netherlands to England and then up to Blackburn. A lot, a lot of upheaval in his life, uh, all to prove himself at playing football, but boy, did he do that while he's up there. And uh, since he's been back, he's just gone from strength to strength in an Albion shirt. Yeah, it's one thing for players to leave the club and for little avenues to open up to you. And it's quite another thing to actually take that opportunity, isn't it? And, and he really has taken it. Yes, he has. He's actually been one of the success stories. There's been a lot, but he's one of those. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to where his career takes him. You can see why the club signed him to a new contract in July last year. 
after only, I think it was 13 first team starts. That was a smart move. Very smart. It looks smarter week by week. Uh, he's, he, he just seems to be like a duck to water. Um, I've been really impressed with, with his performances. I mean, obviously, he earns rave reviews against Haaland, but week in, week out, uh, in possession and out of possession, he's just always progressing. And yeah, I'm sure there's a few uh, Dutch centre-blacks looking over their shoulders at the moment. We were talking to Jason Steele on another episode of this podcast about goalkeepers passing out from the back. It's a modern thing in English football. Is it the norm in Holland where you grew up? Yeah, they just everyone's trying to play football from the back. So that's the education, sometimes ridiculous. And then also, yeah, with the younger age, you cannot really kick it far. So everyone was really trying. And also at the other end, you try to press as hard as you can. So I think it's good education. Sometimes maybe you can also switch it up a bit more in Holland, I think. But yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, because if you'd come to England to play 10 years ago, you'd be playing a very different style of football, wouldn't you? I guess, I guess the transition for a Dutch player in England now is much easier because it's a recognisable style, isn't it? Yeah, and you see also the managers are coming from across Europe. So yeah, different types of playing, different style of football. So. Yeah, for like people from other countries, it may be easier. It's still really hard because it's the Premier League and it's uh, the best league in the world. So, yeah, it's a bit of both. So, you know, when you were young, do, do you, so when I was growing up in England, at every level, whatever, whatever that is, whether it's adult, kids, whatever, everyone's, their main focus is to win. And that's, it doesn't matter if you play well or not, the main focus is to win. So from your point of view in Holland, is it more about developing players rather than the score of the game? Yeah, especially when you're younger. Like, get to age, like when you're 15, everyone's trying to win, really. Yeah, but, also, that, that, but 15, that, that's yeah, kind of I the think age. That's also the players, you feel like you're more competitive. Yeah. When you're like 12 or 11, you're like more trying to play nice. But then the, the manager is always saying like, yeah, boys, we have like three teams today that we need to be really good at and doesn't really matter the score. So that's like almost education. And then, yeah, everyone is trying to win, of course, but not really like that's the big point. I know. So under, that's a big difference. Under nines and tens in England, everyone's trying to win. Oh, and everyone's, yeah. in, everyone's in tears if they don't. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was in tears when I lost always. So, But the manager was like always like bigger picture. I think that's good. But is it hard to make, for some kids, is it hard to make that transition for it to, from education and learning the game to the result is everything? Yeah, maybe sometimes, but I think it's also in you or, or not really. Mm. So like when you play the game, you always want to win. And maybe when the, the manager is like hammering on it, it's like can also go a bit the other way when you're young, I think. But then you get older and you start realizing, yeah, we play this game to win. But also in Holland, it's like we can have different ways to, to win the game. So, yeah, we prefer to win the nice way. And sometimes, I think in Holland, sometimes a bit too much. But it's also changing now, really, to like European football. Right. Okay. You came to England at a very young age. That, that's not easy. How, how did you make the transition to living here, settling here? No, it was quite hard in the beginning, especially also with the language. I think my English was all right in the beginning, 
but not perfect. And then I went to uh, Blackburn, so also a bit of action there. <laughs> but, <laughs> so in the beginning, I was in the dressing room listening to the boys like they were speaking about something, and I was proper listening, and then I really couldn't understand. So after I just asked one guy, yeah, what was that about? And then he explained me like easily. So that didn't help in the beginning, but after a while, I just understand the accent and yeah, it went better. But yeah, it was hard also, like I was living then with my missus that really helped me. Mm. And yeah, I was in the beginning injured when I came to Blackburn. So like a quite hard period, but then I start playing and when you're doing well, yeah, you feel already better. It can't, it can't have been that hard. You got player of the season. Yeah. <laughs> but at the beginning, I didn't play. So then, but then when you play and doing well, you feel love from your teammates, from the manager, from the fans. Yeah. Then you will start loving everything and loving the players as well. And I did. In the old days, people used to say in English football, oh, we, we send players out to championship clubs and places like Blackburn to toughen them up, in quotes. But you probably didn't need toughening up, did you? It was just to play every week. That's why you went there. Yeah. Yeah. And also, come against really good strikers, physical strikers. Yeah, championship is a really physical league. You play like almost every three games and hard games as well. So there you see also like you play a lot of nil-nil games or one-nil, you feel like if somebody scores, they win because you don't mm. really have the energy to score. Mm. So no, I think it was really good for me and I took a lot of lessons out of the championship. It's an exhausting league to play in, isn't it? You, you know, Glenn, that every game is a test, isn't it? It's an ordeal because the teams are so equal in that league. Yeah, I think it is. It's it's one of those leagues where anyone can literally beat anyone. And you're talking about big football clubs. Uh, maybe doesn't get quite the uh, the attention it deserves sometimes, the championship. But coming up against players like JP, every big man mountains uh, and defences that are hard to break down, it, it's tiring. And the number of games, I, th yeah. I think that's, that's the biggest thing, isn't it? Yeah. And also, like, maybe in the championship, you don't have, like, the strikers what you have in... The top leagues, they can make the big difference. So, like, you feel like you're a bit better, but then you don't really have the quality up top to, to score sometimes. So, you see always, like, when you had one good striker, he's scoring a lot of goals and you get, like, maybe eight, nine places higher up in the table. So, I think that's also a big difference. When you were on loan at both Erinveen and Blackburn, obviously your, your main goal is to play football and enjoy it. But you must have been looking at the football club at Brighton that you were contracted to. And when, when I, I had a little look at the, the the players that have been in your way to get to the, the position you are now. So obviously Dunkey is the only one that's remained. But the likes of Duffy, Webster, Dan Byrne, Ostergaard, White, Colwell. That's a hard path, isn't it? When, when, you, when you name those names, was there ever a point where you thought that that's sort of that's my way in? Uh, yeah, it was quite hard because there was also loads of centre-backs. So you always had like four or five. And yeah, I knew I knew when I signed for Brighton, they told me like, the perfect path, path is you go on loan in, in Holland. And then I went to Heerenveen. You go on loan to uh, Championship. And then you go uh, with the team, maybe not playing, but you get in the team. And then the next season you play. It's like it is now. But then when I signed, I was like, yeah, it sounds really nice, you know, like this bad. Well, <laughs> in four years, maybe I, I'm playing uh, non-league again or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, just see how it goes. And then, yeah, it went like this. But then, yeah, I always said everywhere where I came, I felt like that was my team at that time. I, I knew I was from Brighton, but I, f I felt like I need to go there and just 
because I hate it when lone players coming to your club and they're like, yeah, but I'm from another team and I just want to play and then I'm I'm going away, you know what I mean? I'm going back to my club because that's where I belong. So always when I went to Hinnenveen, Blackburn, I felt like I just need to be there with the boys, feeling like this is my club yeah. and then see what happens after a year. I think that helped me a lot. I think it's gone pretty perfectly so yeah. far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so did it happen quicker for you than you'd expected, you know, getting in to be a, a regular first-team starter? Uh, yeah, it didn't feel like it last <laughs> season because I was a lot of the bench yeah. and also some setbacks, sometimes trying, thought that I was going to play and I didn't. So then, yeah, I was going to be really patient, trying to speak to myself also. The manager spoke to me and the other players, so that helped me also. So, yeah, it was a tough time, but then you feel now also even more ready when you play because, yeah, last season you didn't play. You don't want that again, so you feel like you need to play well every game. How important has Joel been as the other Dutchman in, 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 the, in the building? Have you bounced off him, learnt from him a lot? Yeah, I know. It's also like he's such a good guy, like the way he speaks to you and always in the right way, always with respect for anybody. And also, like, sometimes explaining the situation, like, that he's telling you you're doing well, that sometimes you need almost you train well, and then you think by yourself you're doing well, but you want also from other people yeah. saying that. So that helped me a lot. And also just the way he plays, just looking at him, and, yeah, I think, like, how he's so solid always, and, yeah, that's always to look for. It's was he good. someone that, that you looked up to when you first come into the club? Yeah, yeah. I remember I was at Nagbreda, uh, the Dutch team, and then uh, so, some teammate of me knew him already and he said, yeah, I give him a text. But I was like, it's Feldman, you know, he played for Ajax, his big name in Holland. Yeah. So I said, ah, I'll leave him and I just see him when I'm there. <laughs> so then I, I came here and first, he was the first one kept coming to me and just, uh, just go around the building, say hello to everyone and this is uh, Yepe and and uh, they, they helped me a lot. And then also you, you get some confidence for, from that because it's like you already know a few people. Yeah. Every young centre-back, I imagine, dreams of playing alongside a kind of rock, you know, a, a great old pro who knows defending inside out. And you have that with Lewis Dunk. What, what effect has that had on you? How, what have you learned from him? Yeah, also a lot. I think uh, when you see him playing, he's so com yeah, composed on the ball, but also his defending. And with Lewis, it's almost like looking at him is already enough. So you see what he does, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna try and do the same. I remember the first training when I was oh, already three years ago, and I first training, uh, I was next to him, and I looked at him, and I'm like, he's the best player. <laughs> he's like our like playmaker, just like give crazy balls, and I knew he was good, but I was like thinking he was he's like a good defender, you know, he's good in the air and he's strong. But then I saw him on the pitch and I'm like, yeah, this guy is really good. And then when you, now when you play alongside him, yeah, it's just almost natural. And he's a good talker with you, is he, presumably? Yeah, he's just like, he's not really saying a lot. It's just the things he, he's saying make sense. So, yeah, you, you know this, yeah, you played with him. Yeah, I, just, I used to shout at him, he didn't yeah. talk to me. <laughs> yeah, what did, he, what did he used to say to you? <laughs> Get back here and help out. Hold it up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, he's, I think everyone that we get on the pod speaks so highly of Lewis, don't they? And I think he's one of those players that is more appreciated when you've come across him, without doubt. It's, uh, he should have had a lot more England caps than what he's already got. Mm. But go, going on to the international, is that something that you aspire? Yeah, no, for sure. I think 
for me is a big dream for playing for uh, Netherlands. And yeah, I've said this before, it's just like trying to be really good in what you're doing here. And then, yeah, it's good that people speak about this because it means like you're doing a good job. So it's just like keep performing and then hopefully I get a chance one day. Got some tough company in there though, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> if you see all the names, you're like, that's the tough one. <laughs> that's a good one, he's good. So nah, that's like maybe unlucky for me, but I think it's also good. But you probably would have said that about Brighton when you were on loan at Heronveen, so yeah. it's just time, isn't it? No, that's like making make sure you keep getting better and then at one moment there's, they just cannot go around you anymore. That's the thing I try to do. Do you, do you monitor the Dutch press and public opinion because people there must be impressed with what you've achieved and what you're achieving here? You must be getting good write-ups back in your home country. Yeah, and also the games against, against Ajax helped me also a lot because they, they look at us and they, everyone, everyone is speaking about, about Brighton last season now and then, then, then maybe not really looking to me, but then when you come back to Holland or uh, Ajax is coming to us, everyone's like, oh yeah, and they have three Dutch players, so everyone's really looking to them. So I told myself, you need to be really good in that games because then maybe something is going to happen. So after the both games, yeah, they were like speaking highly about me. So that was good. Was it was it nice going back to to the Netherlands and, and dominating their biggest team? Yeah, yeah, I know the situation Ajax is in was in. It's not the Ajax from like years ago, maybe three years ago. They were already at the top, so it's it's different for for your feeling. But still, it's Ajax. You see the stadium, you see the fans, you see the badge. You're like, yeah, we just like won two times. 2-0 from Ajax quite easy and yeah it's something to be proud of really. Who was your team growing up? Um, at first I was a club hopper. Don't give me first, <laughs> you've lost me with that comment. <laughs> I was a club hopper. First when I was younger for PSV okay. and then after I went uh, to Feyenoord a few times <laughs> and I've been to Ajax as well. Oh really? <laughs> You're glory you can't hunter. do that, not in this country, it's not allowed. Is it? uh, I just love football, I just went everywhere. My mates are like uh, really final fans and then my brothers are really Ajax fans so always like when they had spare tickets said, like you want to go I said yeah yeah fine <laughs> so I went to Ajax and then the next week they said uh, you want to go final with me you go to the stadium I said yeah alright The official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast Talking of um, the Amsterdam Arena I gather your uncle Jan Jan um Shed a tear. What was his second name, Paul? Portfleet. Portfleet, yeah. Well, well, there. Nice got, it, got it nice first time, actually. Uh, he shed a tear at the thought of you in the, in that arena, in that great arena, playing for Brighton against Ajax. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he said after the, the game to me, he said, like, I was really proud to see you there. And he went also to the game in Marseille, the home game. And then he said, like, yeah, I was a bit, like, emotional seeing you on the pitch and... Uh, yeah, just like being proud that you you made it so far, and hopefully you can even do more. But like, it's like on the te- on the television you see it and you get like goosebumps. But then when you see it in the stadium, it's even better. So he played in a World Cup final, didn't he, against yeah. Argentina? That must be an incredible thing to have in the family. Somebody who did that. Yeah, no, it was, and also like uh, I have quite a big family, and I'm from a town that's really close, so they really love football. So everyone is. At that time, that's like maybe 40 years ago now, or 30. 
And at that time, everyone was going to his games and visit him and speaking about him. And now it's almost like having was, the he, same with me now. He was PSV, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was for PSV and he played in Belgium and France. But that World, that World Cup one, and he, I, I noticed that he scored a goal for the Netherlands as well. That they're, they're, they're things that he's still got over you at the moment, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now still speaking, not about the final because uh, they lost. So, no, but about uh, the World Cup, like there are a lot of nice stories. It's, yeah, if you heard, it's almost like, you can almost believe it, you know, because it's, for my feeling, so far away playing a World Cup final. Yeah, every, everything needs to align, doesn't it? Your your country needs to produce an amazing amount of talent to get to a World Cup final. But he did spend a little bit of time just along the coast as Southampton manager, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. I've been a few times to Southampton. So he was manager in, uh, the, uh, in the Dutch league and then Southampton wants him. So we went to Southampton. And I remember I was two home games, three home games, playing against Forest and also against United in the Cup. Okay. It was funny because... Uh, his son was there as well, and a family of us, and then uh, we were waiting outside the dressing room. And then he grabbed me and he said, like, uh, you want to come in the dressing room of United with my son? So I was like, uh, I was think I was eight or nine. So I told him, like, ah, I was a bit shy. I said, no, 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 I'm fine. And then uh, his son came back with uh, all the autographs of Ronaldo from the sun. <laughs> and I was like thinking about myself, well, what did I, why I didn't just go for? He he was at the at the end of the sort of golden generation, wasn't he? Or the first golden generation in Dutch football. Did he did he talk to you about Cruyff and Neskins and those great players of his generation? Yeah, he told me about Cruyff that he played once about uh, against Cruyff, and he said like I had him in my pocket. <laughs> and then he said after, but he played also three not three other times against him, and he was all over the place. <laughs> okay, so it's one out of four. Then he yeah, got, he had him. Yeah, right, not bad. So your uncle Jan. Battled it out with Johan Cruyff, and there's a particular performance of yours last season that everybody talked about at the time and enjoyed your battle with Erling Haaland uh, in the Man City game. What do you remember of that? No, I think it was a great battle. <laughs> like, play. And remember, before the game, like, uh, I wasn't playing a lot, and then the manager said, Yeah, you play. So, speaking a little bit with Undaf, he said, uh, We're always joking with each other, always. He said, like, I think Ireland's going to score three today. <laughs> I said, thank you, mate, for, for the confidence. I said, we'll see. I said, uh, he will score. Uh, he scores anyway, any time uh, in almost every game. So hopefully if I do well, I knew if I do well, then people will speak about it because it's not normal because yeah. he didn't score. So then, yeah, we go in that game and I was like, yeah, just yeah, let's have a go on him and just see how it is. So what did you do? How did you play him? Yeah, just I remember we playing one from uh, men for men, like we always do most of the time. So yeah, I knew I was playing against him. But then in the first ten minutes, I was on Bernardo Silva and always almost following him in, in their own box. So I was like, if I need to do this whole game, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure. <laughs> and then uh, and then we swapped some things, and then I I, I played against uh, Haaland men for men, and uh, it felt like really good. But you know, always like he, he made some movements and then he's really sharp and he's just lost you because he's just fast and really physical. So he had one moment in the first half, then he like made a movement and I was I knew his movement, but he was just too quick. So then I was like, not sure I can I can do this the whole game. So I was trying to do a bit different there. And then 
if I felt like in the second half, like, nah, he's not, not going to score anymore. Two very different types. Yeah. Bernardo Silva and Haaland. Who would you rather? That's a hard one, too. Like, Bernardo, Bernardo Silva is... He's nippy, isn't yeah. he? He's clever. But he's more from the goal. So if you get past you, he, yeah, he, he need to, like, have another 50 yards to the goal. Yeah. You know, with Haaland, when, he, when he's past you, he will put it in the net because you have that quality. So looks like then he's punishing you more. But I prefer to play against Haaland, yeah. just see like what my level is. And then when he scores three times, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm not good enough. I need to like improve. <laughs> it's like our uncle. You yeah. can tell that story one day to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just finally, JP, I know you've been doing your bit for the British um, coach industry by trying to bring over half the town you come from. Uh, it didn't quite go to plan, but you've got, a, you've, got a, you've got a big consignment of people from your local area coming over to see you play, haven't you? Yeah, now now against Wolves, uh, they're always watching like almost every game, like uh, together or at the local pub or like in houses, and they always speak about it. But now they uh, organize the trip, and normally it was on Saturday this game against Wolves, and then there were coming three buses, so I think two hundred people, and now the the game was changed to Monday, so they were like, ah, oh, no, we cannot come because uh, it's a working day. So then they said like, ah, my brother is arranging it with a friend of him. So they, they said like, yeah, let's see, just let's see who wants to come. And there were still like 60 people, 70 people want to come on the Monday. So yeah, they arranged it and got the tickets. What did the club say when you asked for 200 tickets? <laughs> to be fair, I, I just gave a number from the tickets officers and they just uh, oh, okay. arranged this by themselves. So I didn't need to do much. No. You, you've covered all the costs though, haven't you? Well, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> we need to speak after. Dinner, uh, dinner hotels, everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and your brother came through the same academy with you, didn't he? Is he still playing? Uh, yeah, my brother, I played uh, with him in the yeah, non-league at Goes, uh, for a year. It was, was quite funny it's because I was 16, 17, he was 19. And like, they were all like adults, like growing men. They were like 28, 30, and we were like the small boys coming uh, to the, to the non-league for a league in Holland. And then he was the right back, I was the right centre back. And I think both of us had the most yellow cards. <laughs> we were so aggressive and, and telling each other nobody can go past us and stuff like this. And everyone in the team was really happy about us. And then after I went to Nag Breda, so I didn't really have the academy when I was growing up. Right. T talking about aggression, I think my standout favourite moment of you is actually not in a Brighton shirt. It's in a black shirt. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, yeah. don't you? <laughs> uh, yeah. That was that's probably one of the best challenges I've ever seen. Yeah, that was that was not a good one. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair, uh, yeah, it was a red card for sure. But <laughs> it was the way you said what to the referee. <laughs> yeah, I knew already it. this is a red card because <laughs> I came like I'm just almost higher than he his was, shoulder. To be fair, he's only small. Harry Wilson, yeah, yeah. he's only small in all fairness. And to be fair, fair play to him. He scored after two goals, so I didn't like kick him out of the game. <laughs> so it was like it was a red card, but it's not like that I kicked him out of the game. So, but yeah, now people. Even in now, still sometimes they just come up with this video and having a proper laugh. <laughs> it's good. It was a good rugby tackle, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully not a lot of them anymore. No. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. All good. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you. I wish, I wish. The official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. If you're one of the new listeners to the podcast, remember there's the back catalogue of episodes to enjoy. And if you follow the show, you get updates every Tuesday. We'll have players, staff, famous supporters. Who would you love to have on the show? You can message us on podcast at brightonandhovealbion.com. This podcast is a VoiceWork Sport production for Brighton and Hove Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network.